Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Why isn't life fair? Well, we looked in week one because God is a righteous God. We looked in week two because God is a good God. And you'd rather have righteous over fairness. You'd rather have good over fair. Last week we looked at the fact that God is a merciful God. And we certainly desire mercy over fairness. This week, I want us to get our minds around this idea of grace, that God is a gracious God to us. Now turn, if you will, to Romans chapter 5. And we're going to look at verses 12 to 17. Now, I've been asked the question several times over the years. What's the difference between mercy and grace? Looked at mercy last week, grace this week. And I've described it this way in my feeble attempt to describe it. That mercy is about the heart of God. And grace is about the hand of God. That mercy is, is more conceptual from the Father. And grace is more of an action displayed through the life of the Son, Jesus. So, if you can think of around this idea of mercy being the, the heart of God and, exp- and expresses his heart, and grace being the hand of God, we'll look at this text today. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 17. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, But sin is not charged against anyone's account where where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses. Even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment, uh, the judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Now, four things I want us to see about this text about grace today is this. The first is this. The gracious God knows what we need before we do. Look at verse 14. The gracious God knows what we need before we do. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one who is to come. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. Now, this is biblical math. Again, we look at biblical math sometimes. Biblical math has everybody downstream from Adam paying for their own sin and in part for Adam's sin. That's how biblical math works. Not so good so far, right? Why is that the case? Because the same math has us all receiving grace from one man for every sin of every man for all time. Now, get your mind around that. Grace from one man for all sin, for all time, for everyone. Sin from one man, death is his result. Grace from one man, the one man Christ Jesus, and our redemption is the result. So why is that the case? 
Because God always sees what we need before we do. He always sees what we need before we do. That's why uh, the law was sent to the nation of Israel. To inform them, to, to reveal to them, to draw them back to God, to reveal them to their, their need for God by, by way of stepping out, uh, outside the law and to draw them back to God by way of the law being in place. That's what it was intended to do. Now, all of this was put in place because God wanted a relationship with man. He didn't want to be a puppeteer. Uh, he, he, in fact, he can control us anytime he wants to, any way, and in any, any shape and form. But he wanted a relationship with man. <clears throat> That's why God offered Adam and Eve uh, what he did. He offered them fellowship instead of domination. He offered them and us freedom instead of slavery. So that's why he offered Adam and Eve the choice in the garden in the first place. And this choice became so pivotal because God's plan from the very beginning was to meet the need before we even knew we had a need. And grace was in place even before the law was in place. We can go back and look at that in the garden. He knows what we need before we do. Secondly, a gracious God is unendingly provisional. He is unendingly provisional. Look at verse 15 with me. But the gift is not like the trespass. For... If the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? How much more did God's grace overflow to the many? So question, how much grace does God have? Well, how much do you need? Because he's got all you need, regardless of the situation, regardless of the timing, regardless of, of cause and effect. He has got all the grace that we, that we need in every situation. He says here, the gift is not like the trespass, meaning he wasn't providing enough, enough grace just for Adam's sin, but was providing enough grace for every Adam after Adam. That's you and I. Providing enough grace for all of our sin. Uh, that's why, what he means by the gift is not like the trespass. It was uh, not just for Adam's sin, but for the sins of billions and billions of Adams since Adam and, and, and Eve's to come. Do you invite somebody to dinner at your house and ask them, oh, by the way, why don't you go to the grocery store and pick up some groceries and, and put it together and bring it and we'll eat it? No, you don't do that. You make provision for them. You go and, and purchase the food. You cook the food. You, you set it out to eat. And that's exactly this idea here <clears throat> in the fact that by the grace of one man, Christ Jesus, his grace overflowed to the many, overflowed to the many, to all of us, because he's prepared for us. Uh, that's true also uh, regarding the foreknowledge of God. Listen to Acts chapter 2, verses 22 to 24. He says this. People of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles. This is Peter preaching at Pentecost. By miracles, wonders, and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge to you, he says, brought his death at the cross. His foreknowledge to us is this provision, again, of grace, abundant grace beyond what we need. This same God who placed the serpent in the garden <clears throat> and in the garden told him, I'm going to stamp you out one of these days. It was my paraphrase of what he said in the garden. But he, he says that to him in the garden. And just as that's the case, he says, uh, says to us here that he's going to crush him in, in the future. That's already his plan of offering God's plan of grace to man. 
where we are today through the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. Now, that's why there's no challenge in life you can face that God's grace is not big enough to help you through it. No challenge you can face that God's grace is not big enough to help you through it. Um, he's already provided the grace you need to be able to deal with it. Um, no challenge. So, do you want fair or do you want that? Fair is it's kind of arbitrary. It, 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 truth is situational and God's grace can be situational and his love and provision can be situational. Here, he says, I've got all you need every time you need it in abundant supply. From Adam to you all the way. His, his, his grace is unendingly provisional. Thirdly, a gracious God knows that we need, what we need before we do. He, it is unendingly provisional. And thirdly, a gracious God provides incalculable grace. Incalculable grace. Look at verse 16. He says this. Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift, watch this, followed many trespasses and brought justification. The gift brought many trespasses and brought justification. Here's this biblical math again that says, because God is a just God, and we'll talk more about that in a couple of weeks, because God is a just God, Adam's sin brought both him and us condemnation as a result. So somebody had to pay since we're all descendants of Adam. However, and this is a big however, when we receive it, grace is applied to our many trespasses, he says here. Trespasses literally in, in the original text, in abundance. Trespasses that, that, are, that are uncountable. So every sin of every man, woman, boy, and girl, he says here, is, his grace is sufficient for that. Um, now, notice that he refers to this grace as a gift. I wonder what's the most valuable gift you've ever received. Some jewelry, a car, uh, someone's time, someone's heart. I wonder what you would, you would claim to be the most valuable gift you've ever received. But he talks about grace here being a gift in this context. And a gift that, that wipes the slate clean and a gift that we can, can neither buy nor earn. Listen to Ephesians 2, what it says about it. It said, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, that no one can boast. So I'm saying... <clears throat> You can't earn it. You can't buy it. There's nothing you can do to, to work your way toward it. It is a never-ending supply. Uh, unlike the coronavirus, it's available to everyone all the time, whenever you need it. And so he says here that, that, that in order to receive it, we have to receive him as our Lord and Savior, Ephesians 2 does. So do you know him? If you know him, you know him by way of grace, Ephesians 2 said, and you are kept his by way of grace. Finally, a gracious God knows what we need before we do. He is unendingly provisional. His grace provides, he provides incalculable grace. And finally, a gracious God provides the grace to conquer life. The grace to conquer life. Look at verse 17 again. He says, for if by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus? How much more those who reign in life. I wonder if you have life by the tail 
or if it seems that life has you by the tail. And sometimes that can change week to week or day to day. Uh, Here's the math lesson continues here. He says, because of Adam's sin, death not only comes to Adam, but to every Adam after Adam, that's you and I, each one down the line. However, again, this is a big however, when the grace of God is applied to our sin, we don't stay dead. When the grace of God is applied to our sin, we don't stay dead. Death death, death is our payment, but according to his grace, we don't stay there. We're instantly resurrected spiritually at death, and we'll be eventually resurrected physically at his return. And the knowledge of this power of grace, get this, the knowledge of his power and grace uh, that his grace has gives us the opportunity to reign in life, he says here, in essence, to conquer this life that we walk through. That's the power of grace. How does it do that? By the power of grace of Jesus Christ. So it would seem that if, if life has you in its grip, we need to revisit the power of God's grace in our life. It would seem that we're not only enabled to know Christ, but that he pours his life into yours and pours his grace into our lives as needed day after day after day. How do you make it through grief? How do you make it through adversity? How do you make it through addiction? How do you make it through divorce? How do you make it through job loss? How do you make it through the unknown? You make it through each one of those situations by the grace of God. Every one of them by the grace of God. You conquer those situations and anything the enemy throws at you and that he brings your way on on, on the other side um, by God's amazing grace. This is the grace that, that helps us conquer life, he speaks to here. Reign in life, meaning that we have life by the tail instead of life having us by the tail. Now, a couple of observations as we close. Versus this. You see where this is going. Given a choice between a fair God and a gracious God, what are you going to choose? Between God's fairness and his grace, what are you going to choose? I'm going to choose a gracious God. I don't know about you. Um, And when it comes to grace, according to this text in Romans 5, he has all you need and then some. All we need for any situation, every time, every situation in life, and still more than that. And tomorrow, we get up, we need more grace. Guess what? He's got all we need tomorrow. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. God's, the nature of who Jesus is and what he did at the cross is his greatest picture of God's grace for us. Don't stay there, though. Don't think that's where God's grace ends, at salvation. Because day after day, situation after situation, he's pouring his grace into your life to enable you to walk through those situations, not just survive, but reign in life, he says here, to conquer life by the grace of God. That's who he is, and that's, that's what he offers to you and I today. Let's pray. Father, you are good, and your grace is abundant because it's the nature of who you are. It is, it is um, it's mind-boggling to us how provisional your grace is, how abundant it is, how overflowing it is, and how you recognize that we need it even before we do. In the garden you saw today, and you saw how much grace we would need in the garden and brought it to be to Adam and Eve then, even before the law. You see our lives today, and, and if you tear your coming, the generations after us, and you see the grace they're going to need as well, and you've already provided for it at the cross. And you provide day after day, after day again and again so 
If we're allowing the enemy to beat us up today over some past sins, some regrets, some failures, some loss, would we bring he and his, his accusation to your feet today and leave it there by the grace of God? Would we apply grace to, to, to that guilt that, he's, that he wants to hang over our head and over our shoulders? Would we apply grace to, our, to, to a past that maybe we're standing here today regretting somewhat? Would we learn to apply grace to whatever the future holds for us, un, unknowing today what's around the next corner, but God's grace is around the next corner to provide everything I need to make it? Would you give us the picture today that that's unending, that's immeasurable, it's beyond our ability to, to grasp and comprehend, but it's the nature of who you are, and by our belonging to you, we receive all of it. All of it, every day, in every situation. Now, cause, that, that should cause us to leave this place different than when we came. It should cause us to leave understanding that your grace has been provided for us before our sin, not after. It's been provided for us in the midst of a hard place, in the midst of failure, loss, whatever, before that, that, those situations ever occurred. And there's not a situation black enough or dark enough. There's not a sin deep enough that your grace will not rescue. Help us to, to live in the reality and the truth of that and walk in victory because we know and serve and love a gracious God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.